Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Coronavirus and Sports. This is Luis Miguel Echegaray. Today, we'll be talking to two experienced, well-respected voices behind the world of soccer, commentators Derek Gray and Fernando Paloma. Now that UEFA has suspended national matches and European competition, both will offer their views and analysis on where the game stands as COVID-19 continues to affect soccer from a global standpoint. Soccer is called the beautiful game, but it takes a distinctive voice in order to act as its storyteller. And that's the ever-present role of the commentator. Derek Ray and Fernando Palomo are exactly that. Combined, they have covered almost every major tournament in the world of football in English and Spanish. From the World Cup, both men and women, the Champions League, to multiple leagues and tournaments, their resume is as extensive as it is impressive. In addition, they supply their voices to one of the biggest video games ever, the EA Sports FIFA franchise, a huge market whose appeal at this very moment grows in popularity. As action on the pitch has stopped as a result of the pandemic, so has its soundtrack. How do commentators handle life without commentating? Joining us now are esteemed, experienced analysts, commentators, and experts in the world of soccer, Derek Ray and Fernando Palomo. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to be with you, Luis. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Let's talk about the most current situation with UEFA suspending, postponing national team matches and other competitions, including the Champions League, Europa, uh, for men and women. How do you think... UEFA has been doing in regards to the pandemic up to now? Well, there, there is no perfect answer for, for UEFA in, in this situation. UEFA were not as quick as the expectations uh, were requiring from an institution or organization like this. But of course, you have to take in, into consideration that UEFA is comprised of 55 associations. And as we've learned 
all associations coming from different countries and in a sense all coming from different directives from their own governments even belarus is still playing football as we speak and that's just one of the 55 so they have to get an answer from all 55 of them and i understand that that would take time but i think they came up with if not an answer at least a roadmap for football to follow for the coming days i think it would be fair to say that uefa were slow at the outset slow on the uptake you might say and i think back to that week of Champions League and Europa League football. In particular, I think back to the Liverpool-Atletico Madrid game. And for the life of me, I, I still don't really understand how on earth that game was allowed to go ahead. But it seemed to be there was this sort of um, feeling in football for a while that this wasn't really going to affect football the way it was society as a whole. Now, to everyone's credit, they got there in the end. I think as that week went on, everybody understood the scale of the problem. But, you know, don't forget, we were still debating other things. We were still sort of imagining, I think, uh, from a football point of view, that this was only going to be a temporary inconvenience. And maybe uh, at that time, people didn't really see what was coming or didn't want to see what was coming uh, on a fuller level. Now, there is still hope, I guess, uh, from some, and this is why UEFA essentially made this decision, you know, the opening restarting of domestic club competition, including the Premier League, uh, that action will maybe resume. Do you think this is plausible or even a good idea? I might answer the second part of that question first. I'm not sure it's a good idea. Uh, I'm having trouble myself at the moment focusing on the notion of football picking up again. Certainly, it appears to me that it's going to be very difficult for that to happen uh, on a short-term basis. Um, I, I think that we all understand why leagues like the Premier League do want to get back into business as quickly as possible, but it surely can't be out of kilter with the needs of society as a whole. Just imagine this, Rhys and, and Derek. We are a global society for the first time I would think ever, we are all the same to the virus. Football might shine a light and, and provide a, a sense of the end to this nightmare. But as long as we think of that, and we think of football as being that, and, and sports in all, as being a, an engine to drive humanity forward, I will take it. But I would also take that, that, that any conversation with regards to this, even the one we're having, needs to come with a sense of consciousness to the ones to who, who we speak now. We speak to people that have been deeply affected by this. We speak to fans that have to pay a ticket to go into stadiums and they might not have money in their pockets to put food on their tables. As we all know, it's not just a matter of putting one camera in front of a bunch of footballers and filming a game. You can have you know, more than 100 personnel involved. You have ambulance personnel, medical staff. Is it right to be taking them away from the front lines where they're really going to be needed? So all sorts of moral questions, from my point of view anyway, in, in thinking about this, I think when leagues like the Premier League talk about having a desire to finish their campaigns, that's what it is. It's a desire. Uh, it, it's not something that is cast in stone. And I think every football fan pretty much realises that now. 
Now, the other facet to this is that players themselves are taking pay cuts in order to help their clubs. Barcelona being one of the biggest names, taking as much off as 70%. What do you make of, of this decision? I think that this is a time for football to, to show its greatness or its greediness. And I think that the decision taken by the Barcelona players, which has been followed by a lot of other teams as well, Atletico de Madrid as well, have, have come up with a 70% pay cut. I think it's a time for football to understand that it's now or never. It's, it's the time for football to, uh, to believe that it could lose its, the base of its pyramid. It could lose the Saturday leagues, wherever they are. Football needs to put shoulder to shoulder now and, and, and become a real team. You know, we know when we go to a football club, no matter the club, um, think about the big clubs in the world, you have the playing staff, you have the coaching staff, but you have hundreds of other people who make that football club come to life on a daily basis. And you have people in the community who support that football club. So I think it is incumbent upon every footballer to think long and hard about his role at the moment. They are privileged. They're in a very privileged position. And so many people look up to them because of their footballing exploits. But I think the important thing at the moment is that every footballer thinks beyond his own inner circle. Uh, and to be fair, most of them are doing that. I think most of them um, are sort of moving into this reality. You know, Thomas Müller of Bayern the other day was out with his family, just about every member of his family uh, and people who work for his agent delivering food parcels to care homes and other vulnerable people in his local area. And it really is all about our local areas to help the people uh, in those communities. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Now, Derek, your work also heavily emphasizes, uh, as of recently anyways, emphasizes on the Bundesliga, uh, the German league. How do you think German clubs have been dealing with the pandemic? Well, I think like UEFA, it took the Bundesliga a while to properly wrap its arms around the issue. And I think back to that week, that sort of fateful week, you might say, when things weren't totally stable when games were going ahead with fans in stadiums. There was a game between uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach and Borussia Dortmund that was a Saturday night game. Now, what was significant about that game? Well, it was a mere seven kilometers from the main hotspot for COVID-19 in Germany, a place called Heinsberg, um, a small place near the border with the Netherlands. A lot of people felt it was very reckless for this game to go ahead so close to Heinsberg and People eventually, by the end of the week, had got there that uh, it was time to shut up shop for a while. Now, I think the Bundesliga is, is very much there and has been for a while now. But, of course, now they're talking about returning to action first week in May 
uh, on the basis of having these uh, Geisterspiele, as they say in German, ghost games behind closed doors. Um, I have my doubts as to whether it is realistic. Many people who, who look at this for a living will tell you that Germany might be better placed to flatten the curve in comparison with other countries, but I still think it's very optimistic to imagine that we're going to have football games uh, with no fans even uh, come the beginning of May. Now, Derek and Fernando, you're also main voices in EA Sports FIFA 20. I personally enjoy hearing you right now every time I play. I actually find it really therapeutic. And I've talked to many gamers, actually, who feel exactly the same way. How does it feel to hear that you are a soothing voice, so to speak, in everybody's living room? I never knew that this would be our situation right now. Of course, nobody could have predicted it. But I never knew from the very get-go that the voice can go into so many living rooms, spare bedrooms, as as it does. And and it's really mind-blowing. It, that's the truth to me. It is. I don't think I'm, I'm a soothing voice for anybody. My kids will be the first ones to tell you that I'm not, no soothing voice at all. But, uh, but I surely appreciate now that they are taking the time not to listen to me, but to play games and under, understand the game. Because uh, you can definitely understand it a little bit more by... by you know, playing it more often. You can understand how players move, how teams react, how how uh, dynamics of players can can be affected by, you know, the country of origin of a player if you or, or the team that they come from. If you want to keep on playing, bring on mom, dad, the sister, the brother that you don't think you usually have the time to play with. Bring them along and make it all a uh, a fun family atmosphere. Create leagues, you know, neighborhood leagues and stuff. And and give me a shout out. I'll be happy to call you know a neighborhood final whenever it comes about well echoing what fernando has said it's always very flattering to hear that people are comforted by our commentary on fifa and especially at this time when it is about community and really a world community and people all over the world play fifa it is an iconic game and it's an absolute privilege to be part of that although at this particular time, I wouldn't be too surprised if there are a few people out there who can now recite pretty much every line that we do on FIFA. It goes with the territory. It is about being a friendly voice at the moment. So if we succeed on that front, then we've got to be very happy. Now, as great as the experience of uh, virtually helping out digitally, getting everybody together, obviously the real thing is something uh, we all miss. Um, obviously, there are more important things in life right now, but the real game is obviously something we're missing. As commentators, how does it feel right now living without game action? How, how are you personally doing without that part of your life? Well, sort of, not sort of. We're deprived of, of you know, what fuels our passion that's my passion is to to get excited about watching football games wherever they're played i'm i'm sometimes finding myself you know calling action at home in the living room with the kids you know it's like oh he gets up and gets gets out of the table and he's gonna put the dish in the dishwasher and all that thing you know just kind of make fun of the kids but uh but i appreciate the time right now not to move away from the game but to kind of get to know the game that i didn't know I'm going back to the games I never watched, you know, the games from the 1960s. You know, I'm, next game on the schedule is, is uh, England-Hungary, 1953. It was a trash, and in Wembley, the first, you know, continental European team to beat England at Wembley. And uh, I want to see games from Brazil in 1970, from the Dutch in 74. So I'm, I'm kind of just using this time to catch up. 
Well, same for me. It is a bit strange. It's slightly surreal. But there is the other side of it from my point of view that sort of points in this direction. Because we have this pandemic, because we have this crisis, um, I'm not really sure I'm in the mood to, to commentate on live football at the moment. I, I think it would seem wrong almost. And I know that, you know, we all want to have a degree of normality in our lives, but that's just not simply the case at the moment. So while I think we would like to have football back, I think we all know that the conditions are simply not in place for that to occur. So uh, luckily, I'm a bit of a news junkie. So I, I actually find that by following the news, and, and it is, you know, painful at times to do so when we consider what's going on. But by following the news, I actually find it gives me a bit of strength uh, by by having hopefully the knowledge. And I've tried to use my social media feed instead of talking so much about football. It's normally all about football. Uh, nowadays, I, I tend to, to talk mostly about uh, things that might help people and, and getting the message across about social distancing and, and helping each other and, and information that, that might be of assistance and at the same time trying to give people a, a, a laugh or a smile uh, and just checking in on people too because uh, I think we have to do that. I think we have to realise that we are all in this together. So I think for me it's, um, yeah, obviously it's the first time in my career I can remember this sort of hiatus because normally you're just preparing for game after game after game and you sort of you know lose track of it all and, and you lose yourself in the preparation but I think it's actually a good time to take stock to slow down a bit and to realize that there's a bigger picture we all love the game there'll be a time again when we can love the game with full gusto but for now it's about hunkering down. Derek Ray, Fernando Palamo, covering the game, the social aspect of the game in all aspects. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us, Luis. Thank you. And stay safe, stay at home. When we think about sports and how it's dented by coronavirus, we focus on the action itself and how much it's missed from an athlete's perspective. But as Derek and Fernando remind us, the other part, a crucial factor, is the narration that loyally stands behind it. In soccer, commentating is an art form. It's the classical music that complements the dance. And when it's absent, the audience feels incomplete. Let's hope that sooner rather than later, the music can return. Thanks to Derek Ray and Fernando Palomo for joining me today we'll continue bringing you these stories throughout the coronavirus crisis. If you like what we're doing, please recommend us to a friend or family member and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find the show. You can listen to Coronavirus and Sports for free wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to subscribe or follow us for the latest episodes. Stay safe and we'll see you next time.